ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 28 of the Chain Morning Chance podcast. This is the E3 Afterglow My name is Chamberlain, and I write the... Wow, what's the name of my blog? I forgot the I name think, of my blog. I think it's Infinite Backlog. Infinitebacklog.com. I'm not starting over again. We're rolling. This is okay. this is the real thing this time. So here we go. <laughs> Flubs and all. Joining me today is Chance, who writes the games of chance.blogspot.com. How are you doing today? I am hungover on E3. Uh, I was going to say, how, how was your E3? Was E3 good for you? You know, no, I don't think I... I did a shit job of E3 this year, I think. I think it's probably the worst E3 I've ever done. Um, I just didn't, I didn't, I don't know, I didn't give enough detail, I didn't do enough kind of like, let's look into this game and see what's going on stuff. I'm disappointed with me for well, E3. but in your defense, it felt like kind of an underwhelming E3. Yeah, there, there really was, wasn't any megaton announcements, yes. Th- there really was less, but at the same time, what what happens to me during E3, at least, is usually, I kind of pick and choose what I put in the blog. There could be an announcement for, you know... This Paragon game keeps on getting announcements and trailers and shit. I don't give a shit about Paragon. I'm not (laughs) posting it on the blog. But when E3 happens, all those kind of guidelines just go away. There's information on the blog. Yep, yep. Something was announced on the blog. There's a trailer for a game I'm never going to play on the blog. blog. Look, here's some some footage of Zelda, you know? (laughs) And uh, so what I get is I just get inundated and saturated with so much information that my, I just, I end up drunk off it. I'm just, I'm just like bleary with trailers and oh, what's a good trailer? I don't even know. I think I wrote down a list somewhere, man. So that Zelda trailer, tell me you don't want to actually play that a little bit. A little bit, but little not enough bit. to buy a platform for That's it. That's the problem, yeah. But that, that actually looked pretty good. It looked nice, and journalists have been very, very positive about it. But journalists are always positive about new Nintendo stuff. Well, yeah, every first-party Nintendo game journalists just slobber over. They're yeah, all just, perfect tens in their own just, way. Yeah, uh. it just gets a pass, and I don't really understand it. No. No. I, you know, depending on what the NX is, I may... I don't know. I have no idea. It, yeah. it, it would be difficult to sell me on it, but I kind of want to... I've said before, I kind of want to get back in with Nintendo. Yeah, I mean, like, they definitely have, like, you know, they were my first. You never forget your first. Exactly. And exactly. Uh, and I I love to love Nintendo again, but the fact is, gamers <laughs> as a culture are on average, like, 35 now. Yes. Like, most people who buy video games are not kids. Um that's not to say kids don't, or that games for kids aren't valuable and good. They are. They're fun. A good game is a good game. Um, yeah. But Microsoft and Sony kind of speak to my appetites as an adult more. Like, I like games like Shank. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, they know what side of their bread they're getting buttered on. I screwed right. that saying up, but, you know, you know what I was talking about. Hmm. So, did you play anything this week? Yeah, I, I totally did. More Overwatch? Yes. <laughs> Okay, I actually and have Overwatch in the house right now, so I may try it this weekend. Okay, well, do you have it on... on... Uh, Xbox One, of course I have Xbox damn One. damn it. We I'm sorry. We I, I could have, like, healed you as you, <laughs> you rained death from above or something. <laughs> uh, did you watch that Jim Sterling video on uh, Overwatch's microtransactions? Um, shit. No, is that new? When did that hit? Oh, I want to say in the past week or oh, two Oh, I must have missed that one, because I, I try to... Keep up with his stuff, because, I mean, even if I don't agree with what he's saying, he's usually entertaining. Well, nothing else. Um, there, there's two there's two avenues of the microtransactions on Overwatch. One is, they don't affect gameplay. They're okay. all just uh, aesthetic. But they're the only thing you can unlock in the game. That's mm. the only sense of progression you have is tied to the stuff that... Um, that you get through a loot box. You level up, you get one loot box. In that loot box 
is a white quality item, which is shit. <laughs> another white quality item, a blue quality item, guaranteed, and then another white quality item. Nine, nine times out of ten, you unlock a loot box. That's what it's going to be. And, and then, these are all just like costume pieces or hats oh, no, or no, whatever. No, 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 okay. no, no. The the white, the white, the blue, and the white is stuff like um, uh, icons or sprays yeah. that you can yeah. that you can spray on a wall as you're playing the game. What? Then, if you get up to like a, a rare purple item, well, that might be an animation for your character, like an emote, where you can open up a radial, select your, or say, do your emote, and as Reinhardt, you will flex, or as Tracer, you will go, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> like it's, they're, they're all really cute. You do want them. But, again, they're rare. And then when you get even more rare, now we're talking about skins and hopefully one of the special epic skins or legendary skins that actually changes the uh, the mesh on your character wow, and actually okay. gives them a different look. Like Farah, who uh, has a rocket launcher and basically a jetpack, uh, she has a skin that basically turns her into a Gundam. Oh, cool! It is really cool, and she's got uh, she's got a victory animation where if she gets play the game, you there's one where uh, she like does like the hero landing from her jetpack okay. suit, just wham into the ground and looks up. And when you've got her in the mech uh, suit, it just looks really cool. And you <laughs> want it, you want it bad. Do you but, want it enough to spend real money on it? Well, here's the thing: every time you open a loot crate, what what it is is it's a dice roll. You yeah. never know what you're going to get in there. Odds are pretty good it's going to be shit. <laughs> but, again, yeah. the only progression that there is in Overwatch right now is that when you get a level, you get a loot box. Hmm. So the reward of the game is entirely tied to these random loot boxes. And the thing is, I've, I've never been a gambler guy. I've never been a gambling man ever. My dad, <laughs> my dad always said uh, he'd never take a bet that he wasn't sure he was going to win. So I just never bet. Not yeah. only that, but I am conscious of the fact that I have a very addictive personality. You've, you've, you've observed this. I, I have seen this, yes. Where, you know, galaxy occurs. I'm not talking about anything else for six months. And, um, and so I, I'm aware that I have this kind of thing where I will get too obsessed with something. And yes, I have bought loose boxes in over, Overwatch. Okay. And it's awful, because I know that what it is, is it's like I, I fire 20 bucks into PSN, I get 25 loot boxes, and then, you know, I have like maybe 15 minutes of just sitting down at a card table in Vegas, throwing dice, and hoping that I get yeah. a legendary skin for a character I haven't already got. Last night, I blew 50 bucks on it, or 40 oh, bucks geez. on it. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And, um, and I ended up getting two legendary skins, or a legendary skin twice, and I already had it. Oh, Oh, that's the worst. Yes. Oh. So, all told, I've spent enough on loot boxes. I'm not even going to say how much I've spent. Let's just say it is abhorrent. <laughs> it is awful how much I've spent, and I'm and stopping. And Blizzard loves you for they it. They do. I am their whale. I totally am, and it's awful, and I'm really kind of disappointed with myself. But I have all these awesome skins for these characters that I love. And some of the some of the characters actually look better in their default skins. Like, I'm never going to buy an epic skin for Zenyatta, because they're all ostentatious... Hmm. Um, like very regal and and uh, um, I don't know, very highfalutin looking okay. costumes. But he's a monk. Really? Yeah. Yes, okay. he's a Buddhist monk. So I never change even his color scheme. He's a monk. He looks perfect the way he is. Uh, same with Mercy. Like I really don't like any of Mercy's skins that aren't her base design. I think her base design is brilliant. A lot of them are just brilliant in their base designs. But yeah, I just 
it, there's there's an awful gambling pleasure to just rolling the dice there and seeing what happens. See, that's what I don't understand why people were so down on Battleborn because Battleborn actually had built-in progression to it. As you played it, you would unlock items that you're going to equip or change your... I mean, it's a MOBA, so as you play through, every time you start, you start at level 1, and as you progress through the match, you unlock different weapons, and usually there's just two choices. But as you play, you can unlock a third choice for each tier. So there is some actual customization happening. I think there's three reasons Battleborn went down. Uh, First of all, um, Gearbox had burned a lot of goodwill. With some of the stuff that they've done in the past, like Duke yeah. Forever, Colonial Marines. Like, you can never be assured that what Gearbox is going to put out is actually good. Yeah. Second, uh, the amount of content that Battleborn actually has is apparently lacking, according to reviewers. Yeah. Um, third, it came out just before Overwatch. The other problem was with that, that I, I had with Battleborn is that almost all the characters are locked from the outset. Even if I just wanted to play online, I would only have like six characters to choose from. Yep. You have to play through to unlock more of the characters. Yep. I'm assuming Overwatch, they're just all there right away. They are, and there, there's okay. a lot of them, and the variety in them is, is really cool to the point that, you know, I've been playing this pretty much nonstop since it came out, and I really only have a good handle on maybe a half dozen characters. Okay. I, I got in I got into me a little bit the other day. That was super fun. I ended up in a group where three or two guys had gone May. Uh, when you're selecting your characters, mm-hmm. I'm like, fine, let's just go all May then. So I picked May. <laughs> and then everyone else picked May. And we <laughs> rocked this game. May is the uh, the Ice Woman? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and we just, like, what it was was it was a payload push, so you have to keep near an object that slowly moves through the map. And so the, you know, the other team would, would rush out to try to stop us, and boom, a knife, ice wall appears. <laughs> and we just slowly come up to the ice wall, and then the ice wall disappears, poof, an ice wall appears. Anyone comes around the ice wall, well, they're getting frozen and shot in the head, I'm sorry. Like, and, and you can't really kill me, because as soon as you get her down low health, she has this thing where she turns invincible and restores half of her health. So, Yikes. Yes, it was really cool. <laughs> and the other team hated you. Yeah, but they eventually won. Um, What happens on a push map is um, the area that you're pushing through kind of gets smaller and smaller and smaller and more constrictive the further you go until at the end of the map you are basically fighting for one room. And the enemy spawn point is literally just on the other side of that room. So they can keep Mm. pouring out. You have to really own them. And at that point, we started switching to kind of more reasonable characters like tanks and healers and stuff. Yeah. And they just they just beat us. But, um, but oh. the cheese only lasted for so long. Yeah, but it was still you know it was a good yeah, time it was fun. and it, and it yeah. made yeah and it, and it kind of introduced me to May and I will I keep on having that experience where a character just clicks for me. I'm waiting for the day it clicks with Zarya because she is a monster when you get good with Zarya. A good a, Zarya is the pink haired girl. Okay. And what she can do is she can throw an indestructible shield on herself or an indestructible shield on an ally. And the cooldowns on these are pretty long. But the the trick is any damage that that shield absorbs is added to her um, the damage that her weapon does. Oh. So when Azaria is powered up and, like, maxed out her weapon damage, she is cutting through your team like butter. And you just have to run. You just there's nothing else you can do. But I just can't get the timing on throwing up those shields to absorb enough damage to make any difference. Like, so again, she's a character who hasn't clicked for me. In fact, none of the tanks have really clicked for me. And I'd really like to be able to play Reinhardt, but whatever. So yeah. you you played Resident Evil. I did. Yes, I went through Resident Evil beginning hour, 
and it really felt to me like it was somebody on the Resident Evil team played PT and said, oh, well, let's try to do that. Because it's pretty much that, but not as good. So it loops? Um, it, it, it loops in as much as that it's very, very short, and the intent is for you to play it through multiple times. Okay. It's, I mean, it's, it's literally you walk in, you get, you could get caught, there's a flashback on a VHS tape, you come out of that, you do about two or three, two or three more things, and you, you die again, basically. After you do it the first time, you can do things in a slightly different order, find some more items, and then you get caught again. And I did went through about three times, and I probably didn't get the true ending, because I never did figure out what to do with the finger I found in a drawer. Um, but I mean, it, it was definitely atmospheric. It was definitely not very resonant evil. Mm-hmm. It's just not the kind of like deep seated unsettling horror that I was hoping for. Mm-hmm. It's still, it's the first resident evil game in a long time. I'm actually excited to play because they're finally going back to close what they did closer with maybe one and two mood wise, where it's taking itself a little more seriously. Taking so, its time and yeah, yeah, it's, right. it's got a little build. I mean, the other problem with 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 the this demo, not demo, but beginning hours, is that the jump scare was blown in the trailer. Oh, there's only one good jump scare, and you saw it at the press conference. So it's it's more creepy than horrifying. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Is I mean, uh, is it is it better than anything they've done for with the Resident Evil name on it in years and years? Of course it is. Mm. But you know, we were hoping for this to pick up where PT left off, and it's not quite that it's still better than anything capcom has done with that property in a long time how is it graphically um it's not fox engine it's not fox engine okay it looks nice i mean the 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 animation of the characters that are in there is a little stiff Hmm. i mean it looks like a little resident evil i mean that's where it looks resident evil is when (laughs) the characters are moving it doesn't animate quite as well as you would hope that it would but you don't see a lot of other characters. You're, I mean, it's first person, obviously, and and I mean the part that actually is creepy is you find a VHS tape and you put it in, and I'll just spoil this here since it's free, and you probably should have played it anyway. You 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 put the VHS tape in, you watch, it, and it's actually a tape that you yourself had recorded. You were with a producer and like a like a news guy doing a special on abandoned houses. So you go into this house and there's three of you and the news guy's all like bitchy and highfalutin about, you know, why am I doing this? I used to be an anchor, blah, blah, blah. So you want him to die. And the producer is actually a decent guy. But as you're walking through, the producer just disappears. He's just gone. So the star gets nervous and the cameraman doesn't talk. Eventually you wind up going into the basement because of course you go into the basement and there's your producer standing in the corner like that one part of Blair Witch that scared you. Don't deny it. It did. There he was. And you go up and touch him and he had his face shoved forward onto a pipe. <sighs> so <laughs> he falls on you. He knocks you down and he's now you're face to face with him with a big hole in his face that where it's not supposed to be. And that was actually pretty creepy. Then you wake up, or you get done watching the tape, and you move back through the house and try to find some other things. So there's there's definitely potential there. Now, they had said that this has nothing to do with the game. This isn't part of the game. This isn't any yeah. characters of the game. It's pretty much just like, this is the mood we're going for. And if that's the case, sweet. I mean, I, I want to play this next year. Awesome. They've kind of backpedaled in the media since releasing it. They've gone on to say, like, there will absolutely be guns. There will be lots of guns. There will be lots of combat, so on and so forth. They've kind of suggested that it will be a lot more regular Resident Evil than this suggests. I don't see... 
I was hoping that it would be, I mean, not, not walking simulator, not layers of fear, nothing to do, but I want more investigation, more, more creepiness than mm-hmm. the shooting. Because Resident Evil's got more and more ridiculous, to the point where 6 was just a parody of itself and almost unplayable. But, I don't know, we're, we're a long way off. Capcom, I think Capcom knows that they have to have a hit here. They don't really have any credentials or any goodwill left with the industry as a whole. Yeah. So they need a hit. They need it. So I hope they get it with this one. <sighs> uh, what else did I play? I haven't really played anything else. I'm dying to to get into Grand Kingdom on Tuesday. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Um, Grand Kingdom, uh, just for folks who don't know, there was a screw-up with assembling the physical copies at the uh, the assembly, wherever it is. Uh-oh. And so the physical version won't be coming out until June 28th. Mm. Uh, d- digital version is still launching on Tuesday, so I'm fine. Okay. Like, obviously, I'm getting both because I'm crazy. But uh, <laughs> One you'll never open. Yeah. But, uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm dying for that. Just, I wanted, there's one thing I always remind myself to say about Overwatch that I never do. Okay. Is that in most shooters, your skill at the game, your contribution to the game, is entirely measured in how many of the opposing team you killed. And what that ratio is compared to your deaths. Yep. In Overwatch, and this has been documented, like I'm not saying anything new, but just for people who maybe haven't heard it, in Overwatch, that that is tracked, but you never really see it. And at the end of the match, it'll tally stuff up like, this guy got the most eliminations of any player in this match, so here's a card, you can upvote him and give him more XP if you want. This character healed more than anyone else in the match, they healed. I have healed literally 50% of all the damage that my team took as Mercy, and they still didn't upvote me. I don't fucking understand (laughs) these people. Anyway. Children, they're all 12-year-old kids. Every map, every game mode you play is not about uh, killing the other players. It is about holding a point, or it is about escorting a payload through a map, or it is about taking a point. So the the whole thing is objective-based. It's not kill-based. You have to work together as a team to deal with this, because if everyone just runs in there solo, they're going to die to a good team. Yeah. Uh, but once you team up and actually understand how powerful teaming up is the game just cracks wide open. I had an amazing run through Dorado the other day where it was... Uh, someone picked Bastion, which is the the robot who turns into a turret. So I went Mercy. So I can just sit there and buff this Bastion's damage as he wipes out the other team. Then someone went Reinhardt, who's the guy with the shield. Yeah. And between the three of us, <laughs> we can pretty much run this map. And, you know, it'll be harder if our flankers don't kind of protect us. But... The bat or the Reinhardt shields the Bastion. The Bastion shoots through the Reinhardt shields to destroy the other team. I buff their damage and heal everyone and re- res them when they get killed. And we just stomped Dorado. Like we just stuck together. There was literally just six of us riding this payload through the map. No one could stop us. It was amazing because we worked the objective. It wasn't about who was getting kills. It was just about getting this job done. It was really, really cool. And I'm going to shut up about Overwatch for the week. <laughs> uh, well, the only thing, other thing I've played was uh, Homefront The Revolution. Mm-hmm. It is entirely unremarkable. It's another CryEngine game with performance issues. Go figure. Huh. Although not as bad as Lichdom Battle Mage. This one, it's got this really annoying habit where every time it saves, the game stops for like three seconds. Oh. Uh, I don't understand why, because this was solved you know, two consoles ago with Halo. Where it's like, oh, we're saving and now we're done. This one, I mean, you, you you leave the store menu, stop for three seconds. Checkpoint, stops for three seconds. 
it's it's really breaks things up as a shooter as an open world shooter it's kind of a condensed ubi game where there's lots of stuff to do it's open world it's open world ish you've got different zones there are red zones and yellow zones red zones where it's pretty much um open season where the north korea has taken over the united states somehow this is Mm -hmm. fiction obviously and the red zones are are different it's all the whole game takes place in philadelphia which is a pretty interesting i mean it doesn't look like philadelphia but at least it's a new city to put something in Mm -hmm. Uh, red zones are it's open season the soldiers shoot at you on site so it's pretty much just warfare and you're trying to take different points and you've got different buildings to go into and not not a bad looking shooter not great just okay shooter the the only part of the shooting itself that's that's interesting is that everybody enemies and you are remarkably fragile. It's like three four shots done, and hmm. it doesn't have automatically recovering health. Hmm. So you need to actually play tactically as a shooter. Cover actually makes a difference. Having health things makes a difference because you can't just go hide in a tube and wait for your health to come back like you can in every other game. So that actually keeps it tense. The other kind of zones are yellow zones where there are a lot of civilians living there and you don't want to go in there just shooting because you end up killing civilians, which you're trying not to do. So those are almost more stealth areas. So it's not great. It's not terrible. It's an entirely mediocre game. I think it has the sense to not be terribly long, but I don't know. Have you beaten it? Not yet. I think I'm about the halfway point. Well, it got a 55 on Metacritic. Yeah, that may have been, because I know there was at least one patch that came out for it. Hmm. So I, I'm wondering if the performance was actually worse before that first patch. It's like people people expect every single shooter to come out to be the new reinvention of the wheel. And it's not going to be that way. Sometimes a shooter is just a shooter. And granted, I didn't pay 60 bucks for this. I'm renting it, so I'm playing it for essentially nothing. But you can't have everything be a blockbuster. There are going to be mediocre games. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I think people's expectations are a little too high sometimes. Oh, they want everything to be perfect. It's just not going to be that way. I can't believe you're the one saying this. What? <laughs> that, that, that people's expectations for games are too high. I think they are. I think they you, need to appreciate the mediocre games once in a while. You have the highest expectations of any gamer I've ever known. I Okay, but you, I still you will, play you will through. Take, you will take something like Homefront the Revolution and go, you know what? It's okay. It's okay. This is okay. <laughs> and then and then you will play something that is like uh, like I don't know, Uncharted. You'll play Uncharted and go, yeah, you know the the graphics were ex- are exceptional for their time, <laughs> and yes, the gunplay is incredibly tactical and, and perfect, but... and the platforming is really good. But this whole thing ends on a quick time event. Fuck this game. <laughs> but, okay, the better a game is, the more nitpicky I can be. If I nitpicked Homefront. We would be talking for hours and no one would ever listen to us again it's because, because it's, it's not it's, good it's enough just, to deserve that nitpicking. It's just a ball of nits. <laughs> this would feed exactly. a chimpanzee troop for a week. Yes, yes. Whereas a, as, a, as a legitimately exceptional game like an Uncharted, it's got all the, the basics down, 100%. Okay, you move to more of the, the more advanced things. Okay, this one's pretty good. This one's really good. But this, they could have done this better. It, it's... I don't know. Better games benefit more from being looked at harder. But then that, that it's not that a double changes. standard. No, it is. It is. It absolutely no. is. Because when you're having a conversation about Homefront: The Revolution, 
And what you go through for the most part is that it's it's mostly acceptable that, you know, you really have to use cover in this game. It, it is it is tactical and provides important er, it, and is important. Um, shots are really valuable. You're, you and your enemies die. It's basically open world and it kind of does the Ubisoft thing. So that's not bad. And so overall, the conversation about <laughs> Home Friendly Revolution <laughs> is that this game is not a bad game. I and don't then, think it is. I don't think it's a 55 in Metacritic. I don't agree with that thing. I think it's oh, really? about a 70. Yeah, oh I don't think it's that bad. I, I, I'll have to go read some of those reviews. I don't think it's a 50% game. Okay. Maybe I, I, I might be more forgiving to shooters than I, than I am other ones. I mean, I, okay, I think part of what they're picking on is that the story is ludicrous. North Korea takes over the United States because the U.S. has been buying technology from them for years and years and years, and they built a back door into everything that they ever sold them so they could turn off our military with the flip of a switch. We've been buying technology from North Korea. Well, this is okay. This is the story. Again, it's ludicrous. Well, whatever. <laughs> yeah, we, we we play video games. I'm, one of exactly. my favorite games you know, is an anthropomorphic space wombat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mario squishes guys with his feet. I don't get it, but but yeah, the the, the story is ludicrous. Some of the characters are are, are pretty annoying. I mean, the, the only you've got an interesting kind of juxtaposition between the rebels because you've got these hardcore rebels who are almost as bad as the North Koreans. They just want to kill everybody, and you've got a doctor who is obviously on the rebel side, but he's constantly the voice of reason, the, vo the voice of maybe we shouldn't do this, there'll be too many casualties, maybe we, shouldn't, maybe we shouldn't be storing our weapons in our health clinics like terrorists do. Come on, let's not play the part too much to a T. So it's, at least it's aware enough of itself that there can be two ways of looking at uh, you know, an insurgency, that there's going to be good parts and there's going to be bad parts to it. I'm probably being a little too apologetic at the game. Again, it's not a 50% game. It's not a 100% game. It's like a 70, in my in in my opinion. I mean, I, I like 70s. So do I. I don't mind them. I don't. I don't mind a mediocre shooter. I think shooters, shooters in general, are more forgiving than most other kinds of games. Bad RPG, no good. Bad driving game, eh. You know, but a, a bad shooter, you're still shooting. <laughs> and shooting's fun as long as there's some kind of reaction to when you're shooting things. Well, the thing is, I feel that first person is is uh, really one of the easiest to mess up, because the whole point of first person is immersion. Yeah. And uh, for for some reason, the the example that springs to mind is that most recent Thief game. Mm, okay. Yeah. And what really killed the immersion for me in that was first of all the way your platforming is is not freeform at all. It's really wherever the developers decided you can jump and grab this ledge. Yeah, very path-based. Like, this is where you go. That's all you got. Yes, and when and the animations for your hands are beautiful, but as soon as you begin interacting with an object, control is wrested away from the player. Mm -hmm. So that really just shattered immersion for me. It was not a fun game as a result. I didn't give a shit about that game. And there was other problems it had, too. But um, <laughs> but I think first person is really easy to fuck up. Like I think I have to think it's easier to fuck up a first person experience than it is like a two D platformer or even a racer. Well, I I think mechanically though the first person shooter is such a well worn genre that you can almost just crib from other games hmm. and get it mostly right. There are so many shooters now, and and the vast okay, you've got your upper echelon of shooters like Doom from this year. Mm -hmm. Clearly, that's exceptional, but you, not everything is going to be that level. There is space for the mediocre shooter. I think there is enough people. The industry is big enough that there there there's space for okay games. It's like not every movie is Casablanca or or you know the or or Star Wars: A New Hope. You know, sometimes there's got to be space for you know the most recent Star Wars. 
Um, <laughs> I was I was really hoping that with this gen kind of being so successful, at least on the PS4 side, that we were going to see the return of the AA game. I love a mm. good AA. I love an Alice Madness Returns or, um, I don't know, there's a lot of, like, Hulk, Hulk Ultimate Destruction was a AA. It was not a AAA yeah. for its time. But... You, what you Prototype, get is, double Yes, A. you get kind of people who let their creativity go off the rails a little bit because they're not constrained by some suit standing over them saying, we gave you $50 million for every penny <laughs> and make sure you have all these features. Like, they just made a cool game because they could afford to. And you end up with, you know, something really fucking cool. Like, um, I almost kind of want to say that the last or the first XCOM reboot was a double A. You could kind of say that was a double-A game. The shooter XCOM? No, uh, the reboot. The, the, oh, the, the oh, first oh, the, one actual, the actual strategy one. Yes, yeah, yes. The first yes. one for Axis made. Um, okay. Like, there's there's absolutely a place for that. Like, um, There's yeah. a place, but the budget for these games is so high now that it's 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 like indie or triple-A. There's almost no in-between. Yeah, but within within indies, there is like a triple-A indie kind of caliber. There like, is. I, I would say that like Supergiant Games, the Bastion and Transistor... Mm. are the triple A's of the indies, like, just as an example. And then then you get, you know, kind of lesser, you you want to say lesser, but it's still remarkable stuff. Like, I would say um, Clay, before they made Mark of the Ninja, okay. were double A's. But man, those Guacamelee is a double A. I almost want to go triple with Guacamelee. Like in hindsight, I find that game so perfect. Severed is 100% a triple A indie. Like, okay. it is remarkable. It is staggering. I still need to beat it. <laughs> <laughs> if you can rest yourself from Overwatch for just a little while. Just a little bit. I don't know that I can. Or go back to work and play it on lunch. There you go. <laughs> yes. That's what it has to be is I have to, like, go back to work and <laughs> have to fill my lunch breaks. I'll be like, oh, this game was really good. Um, yeah, there's absolutely a place for that. And we are kind of seeing it, but I'll admit when those games hit these platforms, I'm ignoring them. Like, there's there's so much out. There's a feast now. I yeah. mean, you could honestly play nothing but exceptional titles and not have to worry about anything else. That's I mean, right. You've got a, the new Uncharted. You've got Doom. You've got... I mean, it's not even Mir- halfway through. It's just, Mirror's just past Edge. It. Yeah, Mirror's Edge. Mirror's Edge. It's about halfway ones? through the year now, and there are enough really, really good AAA titles that you could have played nothing but those all year if you play like, play like a normal person and not us. Odin's Sphere <laughs> just came out. Which one? Odin Sphere just came out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Overwatch just came out. Um, oh, Grand Kingdom is on Tuesday? Like, no. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I, there's, I'm sure there's a lot of cool AAA or double A's that I could be checking out. I don't yeah. need to. No, no, no. It's, why am I going to McDonald's when I can have steak yeah. over here? I've been eating very well. <laughs> so, all right. Now we've dissected my bizarre double standard on games. <laughs> Disgusting. Yeah. Headlines? Headlines. So, uh, rumor popped up today that Andrew House uh, was addressing a Japanese publication, a gaming publication. I think it was gaming publication. Anyway, he says that the Neo is still coming this year, at least in Japan. Um, And it is locked in at 4.2 teraflops. Why didn't they show it? If it's coming out this year, why didn't they show it? They didn't show it, uh, well, for two reasons. One, that buys into Microsoft's narrative that Sony now has the weaker platform, if they mm. were to announce it. Okay. And um, 
Now, it was said multiple times, like there were a bunch of studies that said the reason the PS4 outsold, or the reason consumers gave for the PS4 outselling the Xbox One, was uh, better resolution. Yeah. I think that's what they said was better resolution. And so they don't want to kind of acknowledge that their next step box is is going to be weaker than whatever Xbox is putting out. Um, I don't know. I wonder if this will... will a couple of weeks ago, I suggested that this would be fine as long as they're first to market and they're cheaper. Yeah, see, even if they are cheaper now, that that's not going to hold as much weight because between Xbox One and PlayStation Four, there was a hundred dollar difference at launch, mm-hmm. and that hundred dollar difference was something that nobody wanted. Was yeah. Connect. Yeah. Whereas now, if if the the Neo comes out this year at four hundred bucks, and the Xbox Scorpio, which I would think, I hope they keep that name because that's Seriously, pretty cool. It is. If the Scorpio comes out next year at five hundred bucks, yes, it's a hundred dollars more, but it's what people actually want. Yeah. And if Sony doesn't have something in the chamber ready to go, like I might jump ship to Xbox. You could skip the one entirely and get the Scorpio and be that's, just fine with it. That's right. Then I could, might, you know. Oh, yeah. Did we ever get an official announcement about Tomb Raider for PS4? I think it's got to be this year. I mean, well, there's got to be a date coming. I that's, figured that's the year we, is almost up. That's what we all assumed. And then last night I got curious, so I started poking around, trying to find the actual announcement that indeed it is coming to PS4. I can't find the announcement, but you can't pre-order it on Amazon. It just doesn't have a date on it. That's Weird. Why Isn't would Square it? do that? I don't know. Maybe they're not allowed to announce it until like the day before or something. Huh. To, to have that one year exclusivity. Who knows? But yeah, weird. Yeah, I, I, it really does surprise I me. Mean, even just to say, yes, it's coming. I Well, we'll, we'll see what they do. I wonder what their killer app for. Uh, cause, okay, Crackdown's absence from E3 makes me think that's going to be the, hey, look what we can do with the Scorpio oh, game. Oh, yeah. Turns out we didn't need the cloud after all. We just needed a yeah, we need a bigger box. <laughs> yeah. So I wonder what the PlayStation Four is. Uh, it won't be Horizon Zero Dawn because that's already coming out this year. No, it's next year now. Oh, is that next year? Yeah, that's they pushed right. It back. It's next year. Yeah. Okay, I'll wait for it. That game looks awesome. It does. All right. Did you see that thing about uh, the Kotaku wrote about their uh, their Quest system? No, for okay. Horizon. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, it, it does have like your standard RPG quests. But um, one of the things that they kind of said was, like, this is something that all RPGs should do, was uh, you go to, like, your hut and your crafting materials, your crafting items, and there's one item you need to craft a thing, but you don't have it, you don't know where it is. You can flag that and turn it into a quest. Oh. So it'll that... tell you where to go to get it. You go get it. You, you know, fight whatever you have to fight to get it. And then you can go and th- you can create your own quest based on what you need. Uh, kind of interesting. I like that. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. As long as they don't make intentionally scarce items to force you into that. Cool. I don't think they would. Anyway. Hmm. Um, the Persona-like RPG for Vita Caligula will come west in spring <laughs> 2017. Uh, localized by Atlas, who are really good at localizations. But they're doing it digital only, which makes me a little bit sad. Well, yeah. it's a new Vita game. Come on. Yeah, it's a new Vita game. Like, I'm pretty yeah. hyped about that. It kind of blows It kind of blows my mind that Atlas would localize it, given that Caligula is, like, basically ripping off Persona. Because like, it, it all takes place in a high school. The high school is also kind of like a digital alternate reality. Oh. There's something nightmarish about it. And uh, you're, the students that you play as transform. And there's apparently like huge social aspects. Like every student in the school is a character that wow. you can like get to know and maybe recruit and shit. Like it's, yeah. Anyway, it looks, it looks really cool. 
Uh, speaking of exclusivity for the Tomb Raider, journalist Ryan Brown reported that he was told by a Capcom rep at E3 that Dead Rising 4 is a one-year timed exclusive for Microsoft. Okay. Um, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Well, I wonder, because I, I got to thinking about what we heard about the first Titanfall. After, oh, yeah. Because, you know, it was kind of clear that they didn't say lifetime exclusivity. It was kind of made clear that they had an exclusivity agreement of a certain duration, but then it just never came out. Yeah. Well, okay, but Titanfall wasn't that great. Yeah, or successful, so. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, that, that's really the one that I'm, well, no, I, I would be more, I would be more excited about uh, Dead or uh, State of Decay on PS4. Yeah, well, okay. Dead Rising is, is the light-hearted zombie game. All these other ones, like State of Decay and, um, oh, what was that one with the really, the zombies that moved like water? I forgot the name of it Oh, um, Days Gone. Days Gone, yeah. That, those are all, like, very, very serious. Those are your Walking Dead ones. This is your, <laughs> your silly zombie game. It's your Shaun of the Dead. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I can dig it. And yeah, and as those, it works pretty well. I hope there's less vehicular stuff. All the vehicles in three were kind of not as nice as everything else. I hope there's less weirdly sexual and racist stuff. E, well, yeah, this again, it's Capcom. But, yeah, but this is, <laughs> this is isn't this supposed to be Capcom Vancouver? Well, maybe it'll be a little less weird then. Let's hope. We're, we're Canadians. We're a polite people. <laughs> um, no, I, I didn't think much of that uh, Detroit Become Human trailer at Sony's conference. Like, I don't care for that, that fucking studio and David Cage and all that stuff. But people were showing a thing behind closed doors at E3 that I started seeing a ton of tweets one day about. That that this just blew people's socks off behind closed doors at E3. So, we'll see. How? I mean... I don't know. Is there more to it than just dialogue choices? Because that's... That, that mean I looked at it and looked like you're pretty much just moving down dialogue trees. Well, they've, they've always through done... through room or whatever. They've always done a bit of action, but it's always like, you know, um, uh, quick time event action. Yeah. The action, uh, there was a sequence in uh, Beyond Two Souls that actually wasn't bad when you were like going through a, a small town in Africa to eliminate a warlord or something. The combat actually worked okay. Hmm. They did a decent job of like I played that game and I cover. don't remember it. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Like well, that that part wasn't bad. I but, remember one part where you're like you're being chased down as in a town or something with a gas station there, and you're trying to eliminate all these cops chasing yeah, after you. Is that yeah. the same game? Yeah, yeah that was okay. it. That was okay. It. Uh, so last week we said that the the voice of Kratos in the new God of War is probably the same guy, just older. No, he's not. Um, uh. Kratos in the first five God of War games was played by Terrence T. C. Carson. Um, the new Kratos in the new God of War is Christopher Judge, who was I don't know how to pronounce this because I never watched Stargate. <laughs> Tialk from Neither Stargate. Did I, so okay, the um, tall black guy with a thing on his head. right? Yes, the, the guy, the guy okay. like the the, the 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 like beautiful black dude. I, yes, like, he always with, looks with like he's wearing eyeshadow or something. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, in in that in that trailer, I didn't. He worked. He worked as the character. Yeah. Yeah, he, he got did. the character. It didn't feel like this was a different Kratos. It didn't feel like this was fucking. And I love TC Carson. TC Carson. I'm sad to see you go. But this was not as bad as the difference between Hater and Sutherland. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, okay. like I, I still just recoiled at the thought of Sutherland's voice coming out of Snake, and I this did not bother me all that much. He really still felt like the character. That's probably because the writing was better than whatever uh, <laughs> was in that last Metal Gear game too. So yeah. Or at least simpler. Uh, Square Enix, still shocking the world, uh, gave Dragon Quest Builders an official Western release date. It's coming October 11th. 
Right, so I do not know what Dragon Quest Builders is. Okay. Is it is it honestly like a building game? Is it a... I don't know what it is. Imagine Minecrafts with a plot and quests. Okay. Where okay. this kingdom has been destroyed and nothing can grow here. But you alone have the power to unlock these, um, these things that will permit an area pardon me, of the world to um, to come back to life. And then you unlock that thing, and now this area can be built. And there are people in this area, and they need a house. Build them a house. Because everyone's lost the ability to be creative in this world, hmm. and, you so, have, and you have to bring it back by creating things. So Dark Cloud. Yes. Yeah, but, but Dragon Quest. sounds interesting. And the, the presentation looks really nice. It's also like Imagine Minecraft if it didn't look like balls. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like uh, all all the blocks look really nice. Um, it 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 basically just looks. It looks like the game is going to get me into this whole building thing. And I I'm might actually never, give that a shot. That yeah. sounds interesting. I've never tried a Dragon Quest game, but well, I mean, Minecraft is of no interest to me because it's just building for the sake of building. It's like here's a Lego set, play with it. And yeah. if I wanted to play with Legos, I would play with Legos. There are Legos in my house. I play with them because that's a good thing. But this, at least, if if there's some impetus or some. Uh, uh, requirements yes. like I would. Villager says, "I want a house that does this." Okay, I can deal with that. That gives me some direction, as opposed yes. to just collecting dirt and building a pyramid or something like that. Yeah, I find I find that more appealing. Yeah, I do absolutely. Um, also, just today, um, I guess at E3, Xbox gives the media a USB key of assets so that the media can use them for you know writing articles and stuff. And not announced at the conference, not you know shown to anyone or spoken to anyone. This uh, this guy just on his USB key from Microsoft found a bunch of high res new gen Bulletstorm screens. <laughs> so Bulletstorm was made by Epic, uh, the guys who used to make the Gears of War game. Was it Gears of War? No, no, that was uh, People Can it Fly. It was People Can Fly. It was People Can Fly, but they were people tied in. Fly. They were they tied were... in with Epic. Was People Can Fly? People Can Fly was Painkiller, weren't they? Uh, sounds right. But they were yeah. tied in with Epic because they did, like, multiplayer maps or something for a gear. Yes. Anyway, I thought I was yes. confused. But Bulletstorm was fucking awesome. Yes, absolutely um, it was. It was multi-platform. We haven't... No one's announced anything, so we don't know if this is Microsoft exclusive. We don't know if it's coming to everything. We don't know if it's even actually coming, and that wasn't just there as a joke or something. Who fucking knows? <laughs> but that's pretty cool. Like, I would, I would totally play Bulletstorm again. You want to give it a decent price. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that that should be like a twenty or thirty dollar release. Mm-hmm. I can see Microsoft beginning to greenlight more and more of these remakes. Well, okay, backwards compatibility is a wonderful thing, but when you see something important not show up on backwards compatibility, yep. backwards compatibility like Red Dead, yep. that's how you know that okay, maybe there is some sort of actual remake of it coming. Bulletstorm's not on there yet, so. That's not a bad thing. Well, that reminds me. Um, okay, so if you pre-order South Park, uh, the the fractured butthole, you get um, South Park: The Stick of Truth to play on your new gen new gen console right now. Right? Yes. Okay. So I walked into EB the other day because I needed to buy more PSN cards for no particular reason whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you guys have the deal where I pre-order the fractured butthole and I get? Um, Get the stick of truth on my PS4. No, you only get that when you pick up the game. Or yeah, you can pre-order, and then you get the code when you pick up the game in the, in December. That's not what they said. Like, that's not what they said. I'm like, yeah, that well for for retail, that's the deal for us. So now, I'm getting to the point where like I'm going to start sniffing around like online retailers like Amazon or going straight to Ubisoft so I can get. I want a physical version of South Park: The Fractured But Whole, 
and I want that copy of Stick of Truth like today. I want that running on my PS4. I, I would just p- go and buy it for 20 bucks right now if I could. Did the PS3 version have performance issues? Um, there were a lot of complaints about it. It never bothered me that much. Yeah, because, um, I mean, a 360 one ran fine. I don't remember there being any problems with it at all. Yeah, there, there, were, there was nothing that was problematic, but sometimes when you go into a new area, there would be, like, animation stutters. Um, that was pretty much hmm. the extent of it, but you could tell that, like, you know, this could use a little bit extra horsepower just to run smooth as yeah, silk. Yeah, And it was never a problem for the gameplay. It was never really a problem for immersion or anything like that. But people who like to pit, pick on nits, you know, obviously picked on Hey, hey. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, like, digital foundry. And, <laughs> I know, I you know. know. <laughs> and and uh, so, yeah, like, and, and that's... South Park, The Stick of Truth is really one of the great games of last gen. I remember Kayla... Um, there was a there was a screw up on the PlayStation Network store where you could buy it for five bucks last summer. Oh wow! And I was like, okay, oh, you do gotta it, ch- just do it. Yeah. yeah, you gotta check this out. So she got it, and they didn't like they didn't like refund her five bucks and take away the license. They let her keep it. And every day she got home from work, she would just play South Park, <laughs> and she burned through that game in like two and a half days. Loved it. Um, fuck, it was good. That I remember. I finished that game in a hotel room. That was back when my consoles were were you know a little more. Travel friendly. I can't imagine moving the Xbox One anywhere because that thing's a monster. But the 360, I could fit into a suitcase and be fine with it. I finished that one in a hotel room at like two in the morning with nobody around, just laughing my ass off. That was was a great game. And and just talking about it makes me want to replay it. I have to investigate this pre-order thing once we're up here. (laughs) Um, Did you call the EB guy a douchebag when he didn't give it to you? Come on. No, because uh, well, first of all, I kind of pushed my luck with the EB guys when when I went to pick up Odin's but they know me and the manager likes me because he knows how much okay. I spend in his store. Okay. The, the clerk doesn't like me that much because when I went in to pick up Odin Sphere, he gave me the special edition on PS4, which I pre-ordered, and he put a Vita card in front of me, which I also pre-ordered, and I go, do I not get the art book for the Vita pre-order? He goes, well, you've got the art book in the PS4 special edition. I go, did I pre-order it twice? Because I pre-ordered it on Vita, and the pre-order on Vita is supposed to come with an art book. He goes, well, the art books are kind of on a first-come, first-served basis. I go, am I here first? Is that an art book right there? <laughs> and so he gives me the art book. But you can tell he's not happy about it. It was his. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't, I don't fucking care. Like, like, seriously, how many art books are there for Vanillaware games? Not fucking many. Like, I'm, I'm getting that art book, I'm sorry. And... Um, and so, like, I, I kind of push a little bit, and I have, I have, like, I really like the store as a rule, but I have no real loyalty to the store at the same time. Because this is the same store that a couple of years ago, like, three times in the course of three months, they had sold my copy of a game that I pre-ordered before oh. I showed up. So I really am on, like, a hair trigger with these people, where if I come in and they're not going to give me my Vanillaware art book or know they've already sold my copy of X, I'm just going to go, okay, I need to cancel a couple of pre-orders, please. And I'll just cancel everything I've got with them. And I've got a list of, like, 20 games with them. Oh, jeez. So I, I hope See, that occurs when their manager is there. See, my GameStop did that to me. I, I they, they, It took them an extra, like, five days to get in, get in, get in the most recent Guilty Gear. Yeah. They said, they called, They, I mean, in their credit, they called and said, it'll be here on Friday. I'm like, why? It's like, shipping issues. I'm like, okay, I ran one of your stores for years and years. And this is a thing that happens. Thank you for calling me. Yeah. I didn't say that. I just thought that. Yeah. So I go in on Friday. This thing's mostly paid off. I'm like, can I have my copy of Guilty Gear? He goes behind the counter. It's not there. He goes to the shelf, 
pulls the case off the wall, puts the disc in it, and hands it to me. And I'm like, oh, it's the only copy, otherwise I'd be pissed. I mean, I am not happy about this because I actually did pre-order it, and I actually did want the physical copy because I could have got it on Tuesday digitally, but my hard drive's kind of filled up right now. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, mine was, uh, what, what broke my camel's back was I went in there one day and, uh, or no, I called them. I called them to see if uh, blaze blue continuum shift, I think it was, was in and they go, uh, uh, yeah, but we're all sold out. I go, and what if you pre-ordered it? He goes, no one pre-ordered it. I go, really? Can you punch <laughs> a phone number into your system, please? And I give him my number and he goes, oh shit. I go, yep. So I guess I'm coming down there for a refund. And then I called, like, every store in the city to try to find a copy of this game, and I ended up taking, uh, going, like, across town to a Blockbuster <laughs> at the time, because Blockbuster wow. was still a thing, yeah, that had a copy. And after that, I just took all my business away from EB and worked with HMV for, like, two years. See, here's the thing. As, as an experienced person who ran one of those places for a long, long time, it's not hard you have a list of things that shows you save this many copies. You save them for a couple of days, maybe longer if you know the person. It's not hard. And yet you hear stories of being screwed up all the time. And I don't get it. I don't understand. Well, in my head, like, when a game comes in, someone has to, like, open a thing to see if anyone has a pre-order on it. Maybe they just never saw or something, never looked. You look at a list. Because they assume no one would pre-order this game. Well, people are people. I know, I know, but anyway, if I, if I didn't actually have to make money, I would still run in one of those stores. But they don't, you know, they don't actually pay for your expertise. Mm. <laughs> um, did you watch any of that Gravity Rush footage? Gravity no, Rush. No, I, I probably should have. You I should probably have. should have. You should have. That was really good. Um, the day of the press conferences, and actually just the day after, a lot of sites started picking up that there was a Gravity Rush trailer out, and there's a bunch of Gravity Rush footage out for Gravity Rush 2 that they didn't talk about Sony didn't talk about during their conference at all and oh my god this looks pretty fucking good so I checked it out oh my god this looks pretty fucking good Gravity Rush 2 is PS4 only right there's no Vita release of that one or is it both that's correct. Uh, okay, it is correct. It's it's PS4 only. Okay. No Vita. <laughs> so they can make it prettier now is what you're saying. It, it is much prettier. Uh, it's very, very colorful. Um, and the world looks huge like compared to last one. There, there's all, sort of, all sorts of floating islands that you can see like all around um, the environment. The world itself looks huge compared to the first Gravity Rush, which is already pretty big. Um, yeah. The only thing that footage kind of scared me with was there's a thing in Gravity Rush where you start flying in a direction and you can hold down X or hold down the fly button to give yourself this little of speed to just immediately accelerate to full speed. I never saw that used once in the gameplay and that kind of freaks me out. Mm. Um, there was a second thing, but I can't even think of it. No, it looks really cool. Listeners, you should check out that Gravity Rush 2 trailer and footage because that looks like some sweet shit. That's coming out this year, correct? Yeah, but I don't think we have a release date for it yet. Is there going to be a physical release for that? Uh, Yes. And the the cover art looks really cool. Um, (laughs) Pre-order now. Call them every day to make sure they actually save it for you. Listen, I know you're just a wage slave, but come on. (laughs) These are important games. Initial release date 2016. Yeah. Oh, it says 2016. And you know what? If we don't have a release date now, I'm going to say it's not going to get released this year. 
that's one of my I do like that of E three is that all the stuff that you didn't have dates for, you probably have a better idea, at least by a month now of when it's coming. You can start planning the rest of your year out. Yeah. If you can catch up on the stuff you've missed, which I still yeah. haven't done. <laughs> okay, Gravity Rush two trailer from PlayStation Europe. Let's see if we got a date on this. Show more, find out more here. No. No date. Gravity Rush 2 2016. Nope. It's taking me to an official Gravity Rush site. <laughs> no, it's PlayStation.com. Now it's actually taking me to Gravity Rush Remastered. <laughs> okay. Maybe one day Gravity Rush 2 will come out. That's all we can say. Then. Unpleasant Either. rabbit hole you just went into. Okay. <laughs> so uh, off, off gaming for a moment. And into anime. Okay. Okay, so I, uh, do you remember the the anime girl nerd at, at my work who corrected yes, the me one, on the, yeah, corrected who, me on the who, pronunciation who, who, of Mandarake. Mandarake. Yes, yes. And uh, the other day we get into like literally a twenty minute conversation about figures, and mm. uh, there's a, there's a store in town that she works with for an anime convention, and they're holding a, a competition for figure pictures and I should really you know put something in because they only get like a half dozen entries a year and it's a hundred dollar gift card and they're like yeah that sounds cool and then and then it occurred to me that I should ask her because she literally you've heard of like Crunchyroll right yeah yeah yes it's it's like yeah yeah, it's like Netflix for anime and there's like four different versions of that and there's four different companies that do it and she has all of them Oh my god! And I'm like, yeah, I just don't have the time to watch that much anime. I don't. And I go, oh, but um, I keep on hearing really good things on Twitter about Berserk: The Golden Age arc. Uh, should I watch that? And she just puts this huge grin on her face and gives me two massive thumbs up. <laughs> she goes, yes, it's like it's like Dark Souls the anime. Hmm. And I'm like, well, hell yeah! All right, hard to get through? No. <laughs> no, actually, it wasn't hard to get through. I ended up ordering it off Amazon because uh, it's it's three movies, basically. And each of them were 15 bucks. That's not bad. Okay, no, fine. No. Okay. And did you ever see Ninja Scroll? Uh, yes, I actually own Ninja Scroll. Now, as a child, Ninja Scroll was relevatory to me and amazing. Um, as an adult, I don't have a problem with kind of the repeated sexualization of that one female character and yeah. how she's basically like raped repeatedly throughout yeah. that thing like as a kid I didn't I couldn't identify that that was problematic so it was just very adult content that that I sh- felt I shouldn't be seeing so that it was really <laughs> dangerous <laughs> yeah in berserk there is a female main character Every single fucking plot point around this character, everything that informs how she kind of developed as a person, is about her basically being sexually assaulted. Or someone trying to sexually assault her, and then she kills them. And then someone tries to sexually assault her, and then the leader of her band of mercenaries saves her. And then someone tries to sexually assault her, and then the main character saves her. And then... um, and then, that like, sounds it, tiring. Yeah, it just... And the thing is, like, I, I didn't really think about it too much until the end of the series, which is... I've heard about how disturbing and horrifying the end of the Berserk Golden Age arc is, but I've never seen it. And with this uh, with this Vita game coming, there's a Berserk Vita game, uh, the trailer for it basically references the event at the end of the Golden Age arc that everyone is so horrified of. <laughs> and I didn't really under, understand what that was, and then I saw it. And 
Here's the pause. thing. Like, <laughs> I love I love anime that's got good action in it. This has that. The action in in this Golden Age arc is incredible. Um, I I really like um, anime with really good world building, and this has that. It's really really incredible, and uh, really uh, even considering all the sexual assaults. Casca, the female character, is a really strong character. She's really good right up until the very end when she just kind of becomes um, the woman in the refrigerator, for lack of a better term. That's not precisely what she is, but it she is certainly victimized and used as a victim as a plot device. Um, <laughs> Yeah, like it's I'm I'm really I'm really not feeling like big grin and two thumbs up about Berserk. <laughs> but it was good. It was good. It was just good in the same way that I would have found exceptional if I were thirteen. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's it's no Satoshi Khan, it's no uh yeah, it's pretty did good. Berserk, how did Berserk start? Because the only way I know Berserk is that old Dreamcast game. Oh no, no, Berserk is. Does it predate that even? Yes, it must. Yes, um, uh, let me sign Berserk. Because I want to see guts and a giant 80s. sword. That's right. That's right. Um, Wikipedia. I do remember. Okay. I want to say eighty-eight. Okay, it started um, in nineteen eighty-nine as a manga. Wow. Okay. It, then, uh, well, actually, yeah, so it, it was with a, a publisher called Monthly Animal House until 1992. Then Young Animal picked it up in 1992, and it has been running monthly ever since. Wow. So it's still going. It's been going for literally 25 years. <laughs> like, actually 27 years, I guess. Um, assuming my math isn't bad. No, I think my math is right. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a manga that's been going on forever. But all I ever hear about it is this Golden Age arc. Because I guess people just keep on trying to adapt it, and they get this far and then stop. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't bad. It, it definitely had a lot of Dark Souls to it, where there is, I don't know, there are mysteries in the world that no one really understands, and when they are revealed, like when anything supernatural is actually revealed, people are like, "No, this stuff doesn't happen. Like this isn't real." And then, well, it turns out to be real. And so, it happens so rarely throughout the arc that. When um, the advent occurs at the end of the third movie, um, there you have never seen anything like this in this world before, and you really appreciate why everyone is freaking the fuck out at what's going on, because <laughs> this is not standard for these people. They don't live in a world of witches and wizards and demons. They live in the real world. And oh shit, this is really happening. The world is ending and there's monsters and... Yes, uh. yes. So like, it, it, it was kind of incredible. I do feel that it, uh, it, it is definitely reflective of some kind of... I don't know. Um, I want to say amateurish <laughs> attitudes on how female characters should be treated and used in media. Um, yeah. When did this come out, this Golden Age arc? Is it new? Uh, is yeah, it... it's, it's the past couple of years. But okay. it, it was designed to be a faithful adaptation of the manga. Because the manga has been adapted into TV series, but because of what's in this, they could never actually adapt this scene or that scene or the other scene. Because hmm. the, the manga is incredibly violent, and there absolutely is uh, sexual stuff in there, like adult stuff in there, that, no, we're not going to put this on a serialized TV show. Um, <laughs> but um, Even they have their limits. That's good yeah, to hear. Yeah, like reading Lone Wolf and Cub, for example, like in, incredibly violent, um, but it didn't... 
it it didn't treat sexuality as how to put it I don't mind when there's sexuality in media as long as um, the discussion that the media puts forward on it isn't one-sided like DMC Devil May Cry um, the sexuality of a female character was what defined every female character in that fucking game. She did not exist beyond her sexuality. It was really awful, especially for that developer who had done great stuff in the past. Um, and in Lone Wolf and Cub, it's really just kind of seen as a normal human interaction that can be really, really beautiful and can be really, really awful and can just be normal. Um, Lone Wolf and Cub handles it really, really well, and it's in there, and it's never really been adapted. This is very much kind of like DMC. Berserk is kind of much like DMC, where sexuality kind of exists to victimize a woman. Okay. And, yeah, so... That's the whole point. In well, They know their readership. Yeah, that's and that's not, you know, the whole point of the story. It's just this one kind of um, flavor kind of arcing across one side because if, if you actually look at the themes of that in Berserk it's really distressing like it's <laughs> it's really not being good about it but the character of Guts is a great character watching him beat the shit out of guys with that giant sword is thrilling <laughs> um, yeah it's 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 wonderful and it's quite problematic um, yeah. it's not like you said big smile Two thumbs up. Not to me. No. <laughs> Not no. to me. I'm kind of like looking at, at Mandarake Girl and going, really? <laughs> this is, wow, this is what you enjoy. Okay. Well, I don't know. Maybe she, you know, saw the original and read the original manga and was really distressed that all that stuff from the original manga had been cut from the anime. And here's something that's actually faithful, finally. Isn't this great? Maybe from her perspective, that's, that's, that's great. And, you know, I'm probably going to watch this again one day. Uh, like... It was it was absolutely an entertaining show. It was good. I'm not saying it wasn't good. I'm just saying this as someone who is sensitive to pernicious stuff. Mm-hmm. This totally kind of set me off a little bit. It kind of bugged you a little it bit. It absolutely did. That's that's how you remember that you're a decent person, right? Yeah. If, if things actually bother you when you see them, so. <laughs> Man, I'm I'm a really good guy. <laughs> hey, look at that! I'm so awesome. I was so offended by this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's all I got. That's about all I got, too. We're all hungover from E3, and neither of us actually even went. Nope. But Grand I don't even know Kingdom. if I could enjoy it. Grand Kingdom. Grand Kingdom. Grand Kingdom. You want Mirror's Edge, too, didn't you? And I, no, I got it. Right I got it. I still, I still need to put some time into it. I really feel strongly that I want to put time into it. But, but then I, I turn on my PS4, and the Overwatch logo is sitting there. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, let's try out Reaper a little bit. And then you go and buy some, you do some gambling. Yeah, That's I right. I really use that, that costume. Let's see what we got today. Well, the thing is, I've done it so much that I have, you earn gold in Overwatch. Every time you get an item that you have a duplicate of, you get a little bit of gold. And this gold could be so little that you earn like five gold for opening a loot box. And you, everything in there was a duplicate. But the duplicates were like white, white, blue, white duplicates. So you get like five or ten gold. If you get an epic duplicate, that's 500 gold. You can buy an epic skin or a legendary skin for a thousand gold. You, oh, so okay. You can buy one of those emotes or one of the highlight intros that shows your character being all badass, like Mercy spinning around or holding out her gun before you see Mercy play the game for two hundred and fifty gold. I am currently sitting on about fifteen thousand gold. 
Oh, what are you waiting for? I'm waiting for something. Well, actually, what I'm waiting for is the next character. A new character. I'm waiting yeah. for the new characters to come out, so I could be the first one, like, running through with this ridiculous skin and the wolves <laughs> and everything. <laughs> That's got Just got to be first. Just yeah. want to be first. That's the only currency there is. No, I just... I, oh, there's jealousy. Assuming it's good, I want it. That's the thing. <laughs> you're going to be so in deep on this game. I know. You're going to feel stuff. bad about it when you stop playing. Yes, I really else. will. I really will. I'm going to look back at the Overwatch period of my life and feel like really kind of guilty about it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kayla. <laughs> I knew it was killing us, and I just couldn't stop myself. <laughs> All right, well... That's about all I got. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Chance, thanks for talking. Hope you feel better. Me too. We will see you in a week. <laughs> <laughs>